You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and let's get started. This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael will be giving you his tips for repurposing your content that appeals to different audiences and sells at a variety of price points. That's up in a bit in our Business Builder, so stay tuned. First up, it's our success interview. Today we are talking with creative branding expert, Tracy Frank. Tracy describes her company, Frank House Design as a boutique brand management and marketing studio that focuses on small businesses and entrepreneurs. I want to talk to her about why she started Frank House Design and what it means to be a boutique business today. And I know that Tracy has some great insights to share with us. So let's get started. Welcome, Tracy. Hi, how's it going? Good, good. I'm excited for our conversation. And I'd love to start each of our conversations by asking our guests to share a little bit about their business, how long you've been in business, how you started it, and maybe how it's evolved. Okay, yeah, sure. I'd love to share with you. Um, So let's see. I've been in business now going on... um, two and a half, three years uh, from when I officially decided to uh, take, um, go off onto my own endeavors. I was doing a little freelancing work while I was working in corporate, um, but not a whole lot because my focus was really working with my team um, in the corporate environment. And I really honestly did not want to have my own clients or be um, a freelancer on the side. Um, but it's something that my husband, uh, Michael, and I would talk about over the years um, if we would have a bad day at work, like, oh, you know, we just should have started our own business. Um, because ironically enough, he actually does, um, he does web development, marketing, um, email marketing, as well as um, audiovisual stuff. So he's, mm-hmm. he's very complimentary to my um, design background. Um, but it ended up, I, um, had moved to Charlotte about four years ago now, and, um, I was trying to find another corporate opportunity with the same type of team environment that I had enjoyed at my previous job, um, mm-hmm. when we lived in Jacksonville, Florida, but unfortunately I was only really ever able to find on-site contracts through hiring agencies. 
And so it came to a point where I was between contracts and I was kind of fed up with not finding what I was looking for in the corporate world. And so I told my husband that I wanted to take a shot at starting the business. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, so I, I continued to apply and interview for full-time jobs, but in the, uh, on the side I was also kind of doing a lot of online research and looking into, you know, how to start a business, buying all these books about how to be more or less a freelance graphic designer. Um, mm-hmm. And so over time, that's really evolved into more or less having my um, own brand management and marketing studio. So instead of just being a designer that kind of takes orders and does a, a business card here or a logo there, I really like to create a full experience um, for small business owners. And um, so that really, I, you know, I had to transition my mindset over the, the last couple of years from, you know, I originally thought that, oh, I'll just, instead of being on site working for large businesses, I'll just be at home working for multiple large businesses. And that mm-hmm. just didn't end up happening. So... I uh, started going to networking events and found this whole community of small business owners and entrepreneurs in Charlotte and, um, and I realized that they didn't necessarily know what branding was or um, have a consistent, uh, attractive brand to really um, to put their message out there and make sure people knew what they were about. So that mm-hmm. kind of started my endeavor of... Um, educating small business owners on branding and the value that it can bring to their business. Well, it certainly is a lot of education. It's great that your husband has a complementary set of of skill sets to you. I know um, my Michael and I have very different interests and skill sets, and it really does make a nice combination. Mm -hmm. I think one of the challenges often with doing something like that, and by the way, there are a lot of people like yourself who have made that corporate transition and, you know, didn't find what they were looking for and started something. Although then, like you say, there's a whole different mindset shift that you have to make when you're working on your own, you're educating people, mm-hmm. you're really trying to figure out how do you how do you do it? It's very different than working for a large corporation. Oh, definitely. What, what do you find is um, one of the biggest challenges when you're working with um, small business owners? Um, I think there are two, actually two big um, um, hurdles that I have to mm-hmm. kind of overcome is one is budget. Um, mm-hmm. You know, small businesses don't have the budgets that large businesses have. Um, and so there's um, definitely a lot more to take in consideration there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I want to, I want to provide a full valuable service, but I also need to make sure that I stick to the, you know, the budget of that small business owner that I'm working with. Um, mm-hmm. The other one um, is just, again, the education of why is this valuable? Why is it worth the investment into your business? 
um, because a lot of people just, you know, they're looking at sales, they're looking at working with customers, but they, they don't take the step back to look at, okay, how am I presenting myself? What's my reputation? Um, you know, this is really what I want to, how I want to be perceived in the market. Um, and, and I mean, people have that idea that they, they, you know, want to be re- represented in a certain way, but I think that they don't understand that if they're not controlling what they put out there and, you know, the, the overall quality of their brand and uh, content, then, um, you know, people are going to make their first judgment no matter what, whether that's good or bad. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Uh, Michael and I were talking the other day about um, email addresses, looking at cards from, because we got a number of cards from the UMA Network International Conference we just came back from, and talking about it's amazing how many people have homemade business cards or when you're looking at a whole stack of them, how templates are very, very similar because they're using a generic brand, and how many of them have a Gmail address as their business website. I think that working with someone like yourself, and it's, it's probably an opportunity, but working with someone like yourself, even to get people started, like here's the first couple of things that you really need to look at and do. And I always find that giving people a taste in an affordable way, and I know that, that Michael's done that with Turn Knowledge to Profit, being able to do a few things very affordably, you've got to build in profit for yourself, absolutely, but it gives people an experience and then they can come back because they really can see the return on investment and return on their time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, what would be the first thing that you would um, say to someone? Because Ideally, you know that they need probably in a lot of cases the whole package, but it's going to be difficult to get people to do that up front until they start to see it. So how can someone get started? What would be the first couple of things you would say to someone that they really should do that would have high impact and high return on investment? Um, So I am actually starting to develop a lot more um, educational content for people mm-hmm. to kind of follow along so that way, um, you know, if they have a conversation with me but they're not ready to take that big step, they can go to my website, go to my blog, and um, sign up for my email list and continue to get um, more information. And I, um, mm-hmm. I just recently launched um, a five-day email series mm-hmm. on my uh, website that is all about you know, here are the fundamental elements that you need to be thinking about um, and, you know, questions you need to write down even, the answers um, mm-hmm. to start the, um, to create a successful brand strategy for your business. Mm-hmm. And so, and then after that, I also offer um, a uh, competitor and brand design analysis that looks at the top three competitors that you you feel that you're up against in the market or just, you know, even if you don't feel that they're competitors, other, other, um, other strong brands that are in the market and you want to kind of see, okay, what are they doing? What, are, what am I doing? And okay. then um, I'll give you, you know, some quick tips 
of things you can change now, today, yourself, as well mm-hmm. as some long-term business goals to then start thinking towards. Interesting. That's very interesting. Um, what would you say to someone um, that when they say, I know I need to do it, but how do I get started? I don't have a lot of budget, but I know it's really important. Is there a way that people can at least get a few things going, even if you don't have it in the budget? Because I think that often holds people back. They don't have a big budget. But how do they get started? Because I, you know that having that look and that professionalism is going to make a huge difference. So what would you mm-hmm. tell what would you tell them that they could do now? In addition to being getting the education and knowing what they need to do, how can they actually kind of dip their toe in the water and experience the value of what someone like yourself has to offer? Yeah, so I, um, you know, would say as you're thinking about what type of um, marketing content you want to create, such mm-hmm. as your business card, maybe a flyer, your email templates to go to your list, start hiring someone that can really help you create the best um, the best look and feel for you, even with what you're using right now. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, what you have right now is your brand, and there's nothing wrong with what you may be using right now. Um, mm-hmm. And you can continue to evolve your, your marketing and your, you right. know, your message and your imagery, as long as it all still makes sense with who mm-hmm. you're targeting. But, you know, just like in business, business your business is constantly evolving, and so are mm-hmm. your, your customers, and so therefore so should your marketing strategies. So, right. you know, just talk to a marketing or branding professional and just, um, you know, even if it's one or two pieces, start the process of having something professionally, um, you know, written and designed so that way you can start um, working with those types of professionals as well as getting that um, quality uh, materials out there to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I I believe that... um you know, I, I believe that people really do need that consistent brand and oftentimes people think that, you know, they can pick their favorite colors and they can use that. But it really does all fit together and I think that's really important. I think that people forget that even big corporations evolve their brand over time mm-hmm. and it's important to have the right colors looking at your audience who you're trying to attract, all of those pieces really need to fit together. We need to take a real quick break, but when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about marketing strategy and brand consistency because I think oftentimes people have all sorts of things, testing, and I know there's really strategic ways to test some things and really see what sticks, and I'd love to get your insights on that. So when we return, we're going to continue the conversation. You don't want to miss it. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. 
You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today in our Business Builder, we're talking with creative branding expert Tracy Frank from Frank House Design, which is a boutique brand management and marketing studio that focuses on small business and entrepreneurs. And before the break, we were talking about having a brand strategy, and Tracy was talking about a competitive brand analysis that her company offers, which is incredibly affordable and you get so much value. So definitely I invite you to check that out with her. Um, I want to shift just a little bit, Tracy, and ask you, you know, everyone is on social media or some form of social media. How do you think the social media um, platform has changed the branding landscape? And how do you get people to realize that being on social media and posting is not a replacement for developing a brand? That's a great question. So I think that, um, you know, with the mix of people, a lot of people, you know, using social media for personal needs, um, I think sometimes it's difficult then when they start a small business um, to make sure that they are um, not just, you know, continuing that personal conversation, but really they're starting to represent themselves as that brand and their business on social media channels and kind of having a differentiation between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with, with traditional marketing and larger businesses, it was always this is the set way to do it for TV, for radio, um, you know, that's why they call it traditional. And so mm-hmm. moving on to the, into the online landscape, um, it gives everybody the power really to go in and be able to start their own business and then start immediately marketing to 
the world, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just important to make sure that, again, you want to represent you and your business in the best light possible um, and really be uh, cognizant of what you're putting out there versus mm-hmm. just, you know, randomly talking to people. And, I mean, it took me a little bit of time, honestly, even to go from, okay, I'm talking to people on social media for personal reasons. Now I'm thinking about maybe I'll start a business so it's still kind of personal, but now it's definitely more of I'm talking to people as a business owner and, you know, finding out it's a supportive community for me to continue to learn and hone my craft, but at the same time I need to also, um, I am also an expert as well basically. Mm-hmm. And so I need to present that professionally. That's an interesting um, differentiation because even though you may be new to the, or newer to the entrepreneurial business market, you are an expert in your field. And I think we, many of us come with all sorts of incredible experience. So it's maintaining that expert level in that Mm -hmm. and not discounting that too much. I think oftentimes we have that, that in our head, we say, you know, we don't know, but we really do. And I think that just because you don't have your whole business model really well defined like, you know, a corporation does, it doesn't mean that you don't have a lot to offer. And I think sometimes we tend to enter a conversation tentatively instead of, I'm the expert, here's Mm -hmm. what I recommend you do. You may not have the solution package right away, but you do have a lot of experience. You've got a lot of success. And I think it's important for us as entrepreneurs to really remember that and not lose sight of that because I think it helps us in what we're doing. Um, I love the way you talk about really creating that business strategy and that that consistency because I think people are keeping it more as an individual versus a company, no matter what size. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for some businesses, it does make sense to, you know, if you've branded your business as your name, um, but at the same time, you still want to make sure that, you know, you, you want to be you want to think about, okay, these are my, who are my tar- who's my target audience really? Mm-hmm. And how should I be speaking to them? Because it, you know, sometimes it's, it's not necessarily how you would be speaking normally in an everyday conversation. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's, there's just a lot of, lot to think about. Um, and it's, it's really great to the idea to step back and just think about, and that's partly what my um, email series offers is, you know, starting to think about, okay, why are you in business? Who are you trying to reach? Who's your target audience? Um, where are they? Where should you show up to talk to them? And, um, you know, what should your messaging then start to sound like and what does that also need to look like in order to first convey you in your business but also attract them as well and mm-hmm. appeal to them. So it's, it's a lot of mixture of, you know, putting yourself in there, but then thinking about them, thinking about, you know, why are you doing this in your business? Mm -hmm. Well, and I can see how you're walking through that series. It really does sound like it's 
an evolution. You know, you figure out one piece and then you add another piece and you add another piece. And then all of a sudden things start to come together. And I think one of the challenges that a lot of entrepreneurs have is, you know, when you ask who their ideal client is, who they love working with, who are they passionate about working with, I think that it's really important to realize that you need to visualize who that is, not just everyone or anyone who has skin or anyone who's breathing or anyone that can pay for (laughs) it, because then your message is more generic. It's not going to attract the right person. I think people need to trust that they've got something that's really going to solve a problem for someone, hit that pain point. And when you do, it makes it much easier to be able to define what you're trying to create. And I think also create your message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the more you niche down and you start talking to that if you, you know you have that one specific person that you really love to work with or that you your dream person of who you would love to work with maybe you haven't worked with them yet and mm-hmm. you know you want to start talking to them other people are still going to see your content they're still going to you know you're still going to talk to other people that may not be that one specific person um, mm-hmm. and you know they'll still want to work with you um, mm-hmm. but the more you niche down the more you are more specific um, the better off it'll be as far as, you know, really coming into your own and creating your own custom unique business mm-hmm. and stepping yeah. out yeah. Um, from, you know, everybody else, the crowd. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. So do you get a lot of people that are branding and using their name um, as their business? You know, we're always concerned about, you know, with legacy and what you're trying to create and do that when it's built on an individual versus um, kind of what you offer. But what are your thoughts on that? So I think that can really depend um, because, I mean, I know that there are new businesses that are, you know, individual entrepreneurs that start out using their own brand name. And they may not be thinking about the long term or the legacy of their business. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also these larger, like, I don't know if you've heard of Marie Forleo, for example. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. a big um, online entrepreneur. Um, and mm-hmm. so she's been around for a long time and has been using her own name. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's also where rebranding can come in. So mm-hmm. say you know, yes, you've built a lot of brand equity using your specific name. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you can't then pivot and transition to say, you, you know, you want to start targeting somebody else or you want to start offering different things um, mm-hmm. or even creating uh, sub-brands um, underneath your name brand as, and then that be kind of the umbrella, be the um, mm-hmm. overhead corporate type brand. So there, I think there are different options coming, you know, going down the line um, depending on the uh, direction that your business goes in and what you feel comfortable with and what you think that your market will tolerate. Mm-hmm. Well, I think when you do that, it definitely is important to get an expert 
like yourself, who can really look at all those different things because I think you raised a number of things that I hadn't even thought about when you're doing that. So, but that's not my, my area of expertise, but I love <laughs> that, um, you know, you've, because of your experience, you know what some of the pitfalls are, some of the challenges, some of the different things that people are going to run into. So what could someone do to say, um, you know, ask themselves I, to say, I need help? So when you're talking about brand consistency, what's a couple things that people could do to kind of do a quick assessment of where they are to say, yes, I should reach out to someone and at least get someone to, to consult and kind of give me some ideas and suggestions? Um, well, I think that number one, if you have some money to invest and you don't love your brand or you're not confident in it, then you definitely need to talk to somebody because um, the more confident you are with your brand, the more confident that, that your audience will be with you and your brand. Um, so the number one thing I tell people, though, make sure your logo is on everything you create and put out there, every mm -hmm. social media post, your email signature, because that's all coming from you and your business. And so you want to make sure that people know that. And then that starts to kind of um, begin the snowball effect of people recognizing your brand. And then, like I was just talking about, you know, if you want to rebrand, it's all about communicating that transition. So mm -hmm. even if you have a logo that you're not in love with today, you can't afford to, to change it right now, um, mm -hmm. just hold on to it, keep going with it, and, um, you know, continue to put it out there. And then when it comes to the rebrand process, if it's, if you're, you know, well-known enough, you sh well, in either, either case, you really should be communicating, hey, I'm, you know, this is what I'm doing. And you can start doing some sneak peeks on social media. Like, I'm so excited that this is what I'm doing behind the scenes. And, um, you know, just to, so that way people know what's going on with you and your business. Mm -hmm. Sorry, did I that like answer that. your question? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, that's great. No, that's, um, that's great advice. And I, I, when you say that, it makes me think there are some people that you can look at colors, you can look at their posts, you can look and even without knowing the business, you know who they are. So mm -hmm. I think that's, that's great advice. And you've shared a lot of great things for people to think about um, as they're getting into branding and looking at where they are. So as we wind up our time together, how can our listeners learn more about you and connect with you? So yeah, so um, I definitely have a website, uh, frankhousedesign.com, and it's F-R-A-N-K-H-A-U-S design.com. And so that is actually, house is the German spelling. Um, I have some German heritage as well as my married name being um, German. So that's okay. where that came from. But yeah, frankhousedesign.com. You can check me out. I'm also on Facebook um, at Frank House Design as well. Perfect. I love that. And I invite all of our listeners to connect and plug into some of the, the, the things you're offering to really start getting educated because I think that's the first step and then mm -hmm. really putting together a strategy and a plan. So as we, we end our call, is there one piece of advice or action item that you can, would suggest that our listeners take to really 
you know, start to think about how they can get a more consistent brand and really create that brand awareness? I would say, you know, take an inventory of what you already have out there and start looking at everything across, the, you know, even if you have to print everything out, um, you know, even if it's your social media page, print it out. Put it next to your brochure, your business card, or your website page. Take a look and see if, you know, if somebody were to get your business card and then to go to your website, are they going to see the, the, um, the consistency there, or is it going to look like two completely different businesses? So that's just something to think about that, um, you know, in, and you can start making those tweaks yourself um, mm-hmm. to start creating that consistency across the board so people will, will begin to realize who you are, what you're about, and um, really see that you're a you're serious business owner. That's, um, that's a great suggestion, and um, thank you for sharing that. That's a great thing for mm-hmm. people to do to really get a first step. So thank you so yeah, much for your time. It's been a great conversation. Yes, thank you. I so appreciate you having me. Oh, my pleasure. We need to take another real quick break, and when we come back, it's our business builders, so stay tuned. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. As always, I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, We're going to talk about how you can serve a much bigger audience with your current products and services by repurposing your existing content. I love this topic because I love 
to be able to repurpose content and not be able and not have to create new content each time. But I'd love to have you, Michael, explain what repurposing your content means, because I don't think a lot of people understand it. Well, you know, Janelle, a lot of people think that to build out a product line with entry level, mid range and high end premium products, they need to create a new product every time. But that's just not the case. Repurposing really means doing more with what you already have. It means that you can keep your great, great content and just change the format, change it to fit different audiences, different needs. You know, we worked uh, a while back with a coach. Uh, we were in her structured coaching program, uh, and this coach was Lisa Sasevich. And she used to always say, don't change your message, change your audience. And there's real power in that because as a coach, you have a core message and there's no reason for you to continually create new messages or create new products. Really take that same message and repurpose it so that you can use it for entry level products and services, mid range products and services and premium products and services. Well, and I know that's one of the reasons we always love to see what other coaches, speakers and authors are doing, because I know we often get ideas of how we can use what we've already got and maybe try it a different way to reach a different audience. So now that people understand what it is, the next question is how do coaches, authors and speakers repurpose their content? Well, you know, it's interesting because we generate so much content today and I would bet that every coach or speaker or author who's out there has lots and lots of content, you know, lying around, if you will. And they really just need to look at that and repurpose it or think of different ways that they could use it. So, for example, if you have a blog and most people do have a blog today, could you take a series of posts that are related to one another and string those together to create an ebook? So rather than writing an ebook from scratch, you take your existing content, your blog, and you repurpose it into an ebook. Um, another example might be um, could you use an existing web course that you have, an existing e course, as the basis for that book you've always wanted to write? Or could you package that e-course with some one-on-one -on -one coaching at a higher price point as a VIP program. So there's lots of ways to repurpose things. Um, you know, for us, I mean, for, for one example is we have a podcast like this. And what we do is we have segments of that podcast transcribed. We use Fiverr, so they'll transcribe up to 15 minutes for $5. And then we clean up that transcription and we use that for our blog posts. So we get double use out of it. So there are lots and lots of different ways to repurpose your content. You just have to step back and think out of the box a little bit. Think about uh, how could I use this existing product or service that I have and change it so that it appeals to and is useful for a different audience. Now, those are some great ideas. And I know that you can also use your blog for tweets and 
Facebook posts, pull out, pull out some of your favorite quotes and turn them into memes that you can post on Facebook or on Pinterest if that's your audience. So I think that's another great thing to do. Also, we ask our podcast hosts if they have a blog that they'd like to share that really reinforces the message on the radio show. So look for other opportunities to share your message and to expand your reach to a new audience. I think sometimes we get caught in that paradigm of, you know, this is the traditional way to do it. And I think that most successful entrepreneurs are the ones that are looking at non-traditional ways and really getting out of the box to look at how can they reach their ideal clients. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And in fact, you, you reminded me that we do something else with this podcast as well. We do that that meme post in Facebook. We take the transcribed podcast and we do post it to our blog, but we also go through it and pull out quotes. We then use peer those up with pictures and use those for uh, meme posts. So uh, we actually get three uses out of just the one podcast. So you know, I think you're absolutely right. You just need to sort of step back and think about what are different ways that I could do things? What are different ways that I could use the content that I already have? Um, another great example was uh, you mentioned that we have guests give them the opportunity to post to our blog as well. So that's even more content that we can create without having to actually create anything. Uh, again, there's so much content that you create. Um, you, you're, you're so close to it, you don't even notice it, I'm sure. But you can use that content in different ways. Um, and there's nothing wrong with taking a, a blog that you have and then going out and videoing yourself doing that blog and post that to YouTube or post that somewhere else. Um, there's just all sorts of ways that you can uh, repurpose content. Well, and we've even been talking because we're in some Facebook groups and we've gone to events and what we're doing is sharing some of our shows where we've interviewed people that are in part of those groups so people can get to know them at a deeper level, which we hadn't even thought of before. So I think there's a lot of opportunities to just brainstorm and look at ways you can share it. So what would you say is the first step to get people started in repurposing? Well, you know, the first step really, in my view, the first step in anything is really looking at what your clients want or need. So it's not just a matter of how many different ways can you repurpose a particular product or service that you have, but it's really stopping and looking and saying, okay, if I want to appeal to a different audience or a bigger audience, um, what do they want? What do they need? What, what appeals to them? Uh, and it depends on age group a lot of times. It depends on industry. It depends on the topic. Uh, a lot of different things. But um, take your one-on-one -on -one coaching, for example. You may be doing coaching with a, a limited number of people because your time is valuable. You know, Can you repurpose that coaching in some way into a recorded session? Now, when you record it, is the audience you're trying to appeal to, do they like audio recordings or do they tend to like videos or do they tend to like some combination of those? In, in fact, we just started to work with a marketing person. They had a free offer to do a five day marketing challenge. So we took them up on it. We started the challenge 
and their content came both in an email and then in a video. So they had repurposed it for two different audiences. Some people like to see it. Some people like to actually read it. So you could either read the email and get all the instructions you needed to do the assignment for that day, or you could just watch the video and get the same instructions. So they repurposed it that way. Uh, and I suspect that based on what I see in that video, they're probably going to use it in some other way as well. I just don't know what that way is yet. But uh, so that's a, an example of really looking at what your client wants and needs and then appealing to that. Um, the next thing you want to do is take a look at what products and services you already have and where are the holes in your program ladder. So are you missing mid-level products and services? Are you missing premium products and services? Where is the place where you can naturally plug a hole with a, some repurposed content? Um, and that's really what we do in, in, in our strategy roadmap. We really look at what your client needs are, what your go, uh, company goals are, and what your personal desires are, and then take a look at that, look at your existing products and services, and then figure out where we can start to plug other things in to create a fully diverse product ladder, uh, entry level, medium range, and premium products and services. And I love that because I really challenge all of our listeners to look at your products, look at what you're doing, look at how you're using your information and materials, and find at least one other way to use it, use part of it to get your message out. And I invite you to go to our Facebook page at Turn Knowledge to Profit and share your questions about repurposing or share how you're using your material, how you're repurposing it. And if you're interested in learning more about repurposing or creating a strategy roadmap, send an email to michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Share your questions. Let us know how we can support you and join us again next week. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for a future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.